Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. I'm Sarah Davison and today my guest is Bernardo Moya. Bernardo is a global entrepreneur, an author, a coach and a coach mentor. He's also a TV producer, a seminar promoter and he's editor-in-chief of The Best You magazine and CEO of NLP Life Training, which is the world's largest neuro-linguistic programming organization. Bernardo is the founder of the global brand The Best You and The Best You Legacy Clubs. He is the architect behind the UK's biggest annual personal and professional development event, The Best You Expo, held in London, California, Dallas, and all over the world. These global events feature speakers, workshops, and seminars from the personal development industry's biggest names and reach audiences of over 100,000 people. Now, I've had the pleasure of knowing Bernardo for 20 years now, and I can tell you, if you are looking for someone who's down to earth, who has made mistakes but learned from them, someone who is walking his talk that will tell you the truth, even if you don't like it, and I can vouch for that, he is the guy. He's also been through a divorce himself, and so he knows what that's like. So I'm looking forward to hearing his views on that. Welcome to the show, Bernardo. Hey, hey, Sarah, how are you? Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, I'm really excited. You interviewing me, isn't it? So for a change, it's me interviewing you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I am working excited. a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So I know you've got many followers around the world from all your global businesses, but for those people tuning in who don't know what you do and what you're all about, tell us a bit about yourself. I've been an entrepreneur for 30 odd years, 35 years. I've created lots of businesses. A lot of them I can't even remember. I think I've always had that spirit of being an entrepreneur. I started in real estate. I thought I was great, but I wasn't that good because I'd lost my money twice. Started all over again in my late 30s. And then I got into personal development in, in kind of a professional way. Uh, well, personally first by learning NLP and becoming a trainer and then running NLP Life Training, you know, which was the, well, it still is the biggest NLP organization out there where I work with Dr. Bandler and Paul McKenna. I'm the founder of The Best You as well, which came, you know, four or five years into running NLP Life Training. So my brands, or the main brand is The Best You and everything we do around The Best You, The Best You Expo. And, and yeah, so I've, I've been in, in the business of personal development for the second part of my life. Well, it's amazing what you do because you bring personal development to everyone's lives. And I know how passionate you are about self-help and personal development. Why do you think it's so important? I think, you know, a lot of us have and a lot of people have come across or, you know, are reading the books and attending the courses and attending the seminars, you know, at an earlier age. But I think that the, the older we grow, the more we appreciate uh you know, how little we know and, and how important it is to enhance your skills and, and to become more knowledgeable. So, you know, and, and then you start coming across all these great people that then, you know, 
I don't know, recommend you another book or, or you attend another course and someone talks about something else. So the personal development, once you tap into it and you start learning, exploring, expanding and, and growing, you know, it, it just becomes this, I don't know, this junkie like you are, like, you know, with NLP and everything that you've done over the years. So for me, I think it's extremely important and relevant because, you know, ultimately, you know, we're all here for a reason, but spending some time and more time exploring what our purpose is in life and and ultimately, you know, leaving something behind, a legacy, is a priority that I think we're, we're obliged to do. That's what I love about personal development. And, and I think really this whole well-being industry, if anything, is about to explode even more now in, you know, with, with all the new, even more ways of connecting with people around the world. So it's um it's it's an exciting project to be involved in. Yeah, it is. And I think the tools, making them more accessible to people will help them. I mean, I know with the global pandemic, some of the tools that you teach are very applicable to that. You've also written an incredible book, very thought provoking called The Question, which is something that I think a lot of my listeners would really get a lot of benefit out of because obviously people tuning in are going to be going through breakups, some of them devastating breakups. So what do you think your book, The Question, can give them and and why should they read it? What will they get from that? Well, the book, although it's not necessarily, you know, the story of my life, I do go into quite a bit of detail about, you know, kind of my journey and how, you know, I started all over again and, and, and so on. It's more about what I learned with NLP, me, you know, modeling and, and being able to work with McKenna and Bandler for so many years. And then having seen the impact that, you know, these trainings, you know, thanks to the company that, you know, uh, me as a promoter and through the best you to see the impact that these trainings have had in people's uh, lives has just been beautiful to see. And, and, and when I've personally, you know, read so many books, attended so many courses, and been so involved in NLP and understanding the power of NLP, I've really identified that it is down to the quality of your thoughts, you know, what is it you're thinking about. So the whole book is about trying or teaching, attempting to teach people the skills whereby we're really focusing on asking ourselves empowering questions. I mean, I I talk about it's known, but if you think about it, every explorer, every adventurer, every conqueror, anyone and everyone that has done, achieved anything, invented anything, or gone anywhere, have always thought in their mind first, you know, what's on the other side? How can I get there faster? How can I fly? So it's by asking yourself empowering questions that all of a sudden your mind and your brain starts, you know, visualizing and, and then materializing this new reality. So a lot of time people don't realize the, the importance of thinking about what they're thinking about, but also about the quality of their thoughts. And then when they are aware of it, then, hey, ask yourself really empowering questions. So that's what the book's all about. And and if anything, you know, I published it before the, the whole pandemic. But if anything, I think it's really relevant because the three things that I really focus in the book are what I consider the three traces of success, which is resilience, uh, you know, revolution, which is change and reinvention. And And those are things that I think we're living, you know, tremendously closely right now so you know it's i think if anything it's just very very current so so that's the book and and you know what what happened to me sarah is that i started it was one of the things i talk about that there's a lot of people in personal development should read their own books you know because <laughs> with love there's a lot of fakos out there you know people that wrote book about happiness and they're miserable or people that talk about wealth and you know a few of them and all of a sudden you know don't have a penny there's a lot of them out there we've spoke about them and uh, but I, I think ultimately 
It really is, is about pushing yourself and making sure that, that you're congruent. So I started asking myself questions. And congruency is, is one of the most important words that I think within, within life in general, but especially in personal development, one has to be congruent with himself. So I started asking myself questions and I had to take some action because I was avoiding the answers, you know, by not asking myself the question. So it, it, it had an impact in my life as well. Yeah, I think that's really, really important to ask yourself those questions. I know a lot of people who are listening will be saying, well, why aren't I good enough? What's wrong with me? Why don't they love me anymore? Mm. What would you say to people that are stuck in what I call those hamster wheel questions? You know, they take you round and round in circles, but they're not giving you any good way forward or out, are they? Well, exactly. That's it. It's uh, You ask yourself a, an empowering question or a disempowering question. You know, you can look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and say, oh, my God, how fat do I look today? Well, you know, unconsciously, you're going to start picturing the chips and the cake and the exercise you didn't do and the thousand reasons why you're fat. Now, you can go and look at yourself in the mirror. You can say, oh, my God, how sexy do I look today? You see, and then all of a sudden, you feel differently. And then you're going to start thinking, oh, I look sexy because I'm a little bit taller today. You know, whatever it is. But it's down to the quality of your thoughts. It's down to asking yourself empowering questions. And if you ask yourself, you know, how can I make a difference? How can I be stronger? You know, how can I get over this? You know, how can I forget about these negative thoughts? How can I get rid of negative people? All those empowering questions are going to then all of a sudden find the solution for you because you know and I know that unconsciously we have so much more knowledge and wisdom that we that we give ourselves uh, you know credit to mm, absolutely now I know that you've been through your own breakup recently how has that impacted you and and what have you learned because I imagine you've had to really walk your talk during those times having written that book too very recently Yes, the book ultimately I couldn't publish it because I hadn't taken the necessary steps where, you know, there was a lot of things that I wanted to do and, and you know, what would I like to do if no one could stop me? You know, what 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 I haven't I done yet, you know, who who or what is holding me back? And and these were questions that what I was asking and I and I knew the answers, but I, I couldn't I couldn't really I, I was trying to because hey, I, I got together with with my sweetheart, you know, I, I met her when I was fifteen and we got together when I was nineteen and it we were already we were already thirty years plus. It's a wow. big decision to move away from an established, you know, and happy marriage, you know, but I wasn't being congruent and honest and I wasn't really being the man that I, I feel I should be and I wasn't really fulfilled and I didn't think I was the partner that she deserved. So I decided that the best thing for us, although immediately it wasn't and it's still and it still you know kind of hurts a bit I particularly think it was the best thing that that I personally done and I feel more complete it's difficult because you know I've got grown-up kids and my kids were 27 or 25 and 24 and and 20 and you know and and, and it was a very difficult decision to make because literally uh, overnight your status quo disappears you know those family reunions and those gathering with all your friends you discover very quickly how very little friends you have and you discover how very quickly you know very few people contact you and and although they came to your house a thousand times all of a sudden they don't remember your number anymore so people are very judgmental when it comes down to other people and other people's lives and love and i'm very careful of that so it's been a, a very interesting experience to summarize it i suppose it can be really hard and that's you know thank you for sharing that because i think a lot of people underestimate 
how to get through a divorce if your kids are grown up. I think a lot of people wait until they are grown up to make the split because they don't mm. want to disrupt the family home and mm. especially if kids are going to school, they've got exams. Yeah, they don't want to interrupt that. So I see a lot of people staying in relationships until the kids are older because the assumption there is they can cope with it a bit better. Do you agree with that? I think so. I think it was to a degree, it was definitely my choice. You know, I, I was considering it maybe eight, 10 years before, but you know, my daughter was 14 or 15 at the time. And my daughter, you know, she was the last one at home. I had two boys before I've got two boys before. So, you know, kind of, I don't know, dramatically changing her life too. I, I just couldn't deal with that. It's already had an impact in our relationship, you know, from me being able to see her every day to see her five, six times a year, eight times a year, it's just, it's broken my heart. So, you know, kind of, it's difficult. I did stay, uh, as I said, I wasn't unhappy necessarily, but I wasn't happy me as a man and as a partner. I think the thing is, we've talked about it, Sarah. I mean, you know, kind of a lot of people live in, in these unhappy marriages and maybe the solution for them is to stay and be unfaithful, you know, and, and I'm I'm not proud to say I, I was unfaithful, you know, and, and, and I think it, it's the fact now, the reason I did it was is because I suppose, well, there's no excuse at all. I, I just simply wanted to stay in my marriage and I wanted the best of both worlds. But I wasn't very happy with me as an individual. And it, I think it reflected in the way I was, in the way I looked, in the way I behaved, in the way you know I, I was thinking and I was behaving. So from when I, I decided to take that step forward, and although I knew I caused a lot of pain, I at least I knew I was being congruent and at least I knew I was being honest. And, and I did it for what I thought was best for everyone, including me. And I think there's so many couples out there that live a lie and, and prefer to carry on living with their partner and being unfaithful and continue to do that. And, and I don't think, you know, that that's the right thing. So with all the pain that I've caused and with all the disruption that I've caused within my family and everything else, you know, because I'm a great believer in not in, in being non-judgmental in any and every case, I think obviously love is, is one of the most important aspects of life to be non-judgmental. You know, either you're a friend, a colleague, someone looking from the outside, you just don't know what happens inside those doors. So mm. not being judgmental is is key, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And and in my role, I, you know, obviously not judging is is key to what I do. So I see people who have been unfaithful, but then I also have the clients who have been left by, for example, a husband in a similar situation to you. So what advice have you got for those women listening whose partners have turned around and said, look, I just don't feel the same way anymore. You know, I don't, I just don't think I can be with you. What would your advice be? Because obviously they will be looking internally at what they've done wrong, what they could have done better, and then starting asking those disempowering questions themselves. What advice would you have to, to the other side, I guess, to help them manage that process? I think for for me and, and for us, probably, I mean, with many relationships, obviously, it is down to communication, isn't it? I personally know that I, I, I've taken a lot of things in and I didn't necessarily communicate, you know, my level of unhappiness and kind of the things that I wasn't comfortable with anymore or getting more and more uncomfortable as the years went by. So it just built into something that made me kind of like, you know, not want to stay in a relationship and move on. But I think I've shared this with you. For me personally, and obviously, I'm the person that left. It's a different to someone who has been left, I, I get it. And if you're in love with someone still and they've left you, it obviously hurts a lot more than if you're the one that actually leaves. I, I do understand that. But I've also said to you, and I think we've talked about it, that there's a very thin line. I understand there's a very thin line between 
love and hate. And there's a very thin line between love and not loving, you know, and I believe that love should never disappear. I think simply love has to evolve. And being a parent, when I've had my kids, I've always wanted my kids to be better than me. I've always wanted my kids to do more, to become more, and to achieve anything and everything that they wanted in life. And ultimately, I knew that one day they were going to leave home, and I wanted them to have their own family and be happy. So I think it's the same in relationships. I think although it might hurt, either if you're the one that's leaving or or you've been left, I think ultimately, people should be focusing on the love, on where it all started, the beautiful love that was between you. And naturally, you know, let it transform into whatever it's going to become, you know, because I would always want the best for my wife. And I would expect she always would want the same for me. So, you know, if ultimately her happiness is doing achieving being or doing something different with someone else, well, that's what I would want, because ultimately, I still love that person. So I find it very difficult when, you know, love then passes on, you know, transfers to jealousy or, or transfers onto hatred or transfers to unforgiveness. I struggle, but but I think it's because they're just too involved in it and they're not disassociating themselves from mm. what actually is happening, looking at it from the outside in. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not sure if I made much sense there, but. Yeah. I also think that, like you said, sometimes, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but quite often with my clients, I see that it's the fact, just as you said, that sometimes men don't communicate as well as women. If we're not as happy generally we will say or we will yeah there'll be ways that we let our emotions know that we're not happy with certain things um not always but i would say mainly women are better at communicating their emotions so sometimes when it gets to that moment where a partner has left or a husband has left it can completely blindside you and i know for me or that was quite true for me i didn't see it coming now it doesn't mean say i was particularly happy you know, the way that the state the marriage was in by the end but I hadn't seen it coming. And I think quite a lot of times men will suppress their emotions. They will try and figure it out in their own head. Like you said, 10 years ago, you were thinking about it. You probably would have tried things at that point, right? To, to Well, how can I improve it? What could I do? But because there isn't that communication, you know, quite often women are left outside of that. They don't have a chance. So by the time it happens and it's been announced that they, they're being dumped, it seems like it's out of the blue, but it isn't. I mean, like in your example, I've been thinking about this for many, many years. And I think with my clients as well, a lot of them are in shock. And I think that shock is where you can get angry and you can be raging about things just because you didn't see it coming. And I do agree. I mean, listen, uh, you see, for me, there's a point where, okay, we can communicate and I can explain the situations or the reasons why it's happened and we can go through that and and explore it now. But will it make it any better? And then you will probably say, well, yes, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I'm saying is, is that, you know what, you know this that you've done for years and you well, that's really annoyed me and it's really hurt me and it's really upset me. It's down to words, you know, it really mm. is down to words and actions and, and moments and situations. But I think once it's happened, to review why it's happened, I don't know, we, we might disagree, to review it, to explore it, to to go in it, to give that closure, for me particularly, I didn't think it was helpful. And I know that it was something that was important to her. But I, I wanted to, to emphasize a word that you said, being dumped. I didn't dump anyone. And I think this is something that with love, again, men or women, whatever the case is, I've been dumped. No, you haven't. What's happened is, is that your partner has simply moved on, you know, uh, and, and the fact that they've moved on because they wanted to do different things, it just means that we're not in the same place that we were. So I think the word dumb isn't an appropriate word, you know, to simply define the way 
that love isn't what it used to be. And it's now something completely different. But you see, I mean, I know my wife more than I know pretty much anyone on the planet. So, mm. you know, I, I can't even think of what I wouldn't do for her. You know, I would do anything for her. The only thing I don't want to do is I don't want to live with her. <laughs> you know, but apart from that, <laughs> yeah, we've had our kids together. We, we've had amazing moments together. We've traveled the world together. So, you know, we have these beautiful moments and memories. So what I think is what you focus on expands. If you focus on the bad things and the negative things, that's what's going to happen. If you focus on the great, beautiful memories and how can we move on from where we were and, and mm. it doesn't really help to review what happened, then we can maybe have a beautiful life moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's great if we if people can work together. Obviously, it doesn't always work, but yeah. you know, if you can, then obviously that is the best way forward. Now, I know that you run so many businesses. You are like the busiest man I know. As it, and being an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur, you know, when I introduced you, there are so many things you do. So, how do you cope with going through a breakup on top of working as well? Because I know that people really struggle with the amount of headspace that the emotional stress and strain can take up mm. yeah I mean I've to be honest I've always worked very hard and and if you know I, I think over the years if anything and I always say I don't regret much and I don't but I, I do regret maybe having worked so hard so I think work has been a natural thing for me I, I've, I've loved whatever it is that I've done I put myself you know I committed 100% to it and towards it so for me I suppose it, it was a bit of a fuel if anything you know it allowed me to work even longer hours and it allowed me to kind of work weekends you know because a lot of the time at the end it was oh you're on that computer game and I get it and, and, and I appreciate it I understand but Again, when you're an entrepreneur, I've had so many staff over the years and so many businesses and so many responsibilities and so many people that I'm responsible to or for or so many big gigs that I've had to put together where tens of thousands of people are going to attend. I just mm. can't do that halfway and I just don't know how I can't do it 100%. So for me, I, I suppose it, it was a way to escape mm. into, into a lot of what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if anything, now I'm working more towards quality of life and, and being smarter uh, financially. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do help so many people with the work that you do. I mean, you really do. You bring you know, so many amazing world-class speakers as well to people's doorsteps. Say, so we can listen, we can hear, we can learn, we can grow, which is amazing. You know, as a, someone that is really strong, I mean, you are a go-to person in the industry. If anyone, you know, I can imagine that people come to you for help. I know I do. I pick the phone up and say, Bernardo, I'm a bit stuck with this. Can you help me? Whether it's personal or professional, you are one of the go-to people on my list. I'm lucky enough to have you as a friend for that. And I'll always be grateful for that. How do you cope? Because I know that there's a lot of people listening who are pretty strong too. You know, they've got their own thing going on. They've got their life. And then whammo they go through a breakup. Maybe they didn't see it coming. Maybe they did. Maybe it's something that fizzled out over a long time. Maybe it was their doing or not. But when you're dealing with that and you are known as a strong person, what sort of coping strategies do you have in place for you? Because people expect you to be strong and oh, Bernardo will get through it. He's a strong guy, but obviously you're human. You know, what, yeah. what do you do to help you cope? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of the time is trying to manage and walk my talk from a point of view of being aware of my thoughts, okay? So if I find myself, you know, immersed on on thinking about this and thinking about that or, or you know, I'm, I'm in a really angry state or pissed off about this situation, I obviously try to change my state and become aware of it. 
I think if anything, what has helped me is, is is exercise. I think I think exercising and meditating has really helped me a lot, which is something that I did. I've done in my last couple of years. To be honest, since I and, it's, and I'm not saying that I've only started doing these things because I, I'm not married anymore. But what I'm saying is, is that because I had the freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do when I personally wanted to do it, and I don't, you know, no one else is relying on me on going somewhere or shopping or whatever. I'm fitter than I've ever been, and I'm meditating more. I'm taking care of myself more because. I am appreciating and understanding my mortality. I mean, for me, I think, and I talk about it in the book, one of the triggers was my dad died at 54. So I've always had in my mind, you know, will I get to 54? And if I do, what can I do from 54? Because 54 was young or is young. So for me, it was always, what can I do? Where am I going? What would I like to do? So keeping an eye on the prize, visualizing, you know, seeing yourself and then exploring and experimenting with new ways for you to become better, to feel better is what kept me sane. You know, um, keeping busy has helped me. And then, you know, kind of Apart from separation from my wife, then my mum passed away in January and I didn't really have any time at all for closure, you know, because the we had this virtual expo, we had the real expo, then the virtual expo. So kind of, I think it was like three, four months where I just literally threw myself at work. And, and it was only now that I kind of like, um, I took some downtime and I gave myself permission to kind of like, you know, I don't know, fall apart a little bit and then pick myself up again, you know, because we're all human, you know, we're all human and, and it's okay to take some downtime and, and to turn the phone off and, and to think and, and to meditate and, and to explore life, you know. So I think it's about, for me, it's always been about how can I become healthier and then looking and visualizing at a brighter future. What would it look like? Yeah. And I know that you've got a passion for motorbikes. Um, yes. That helped me a lot. That helps you. Tell us. I know you really are passionate about that hobby, right? It is. I mean, you know, it's one of the things. So, for example, this summer when I left LA eventually and I got back to Europe, that's what I did. I I got to London in in July and then literally I was traveling. I went from London to Ireland. I traveled all around Ireland for a month. Then I traveled all the way around France, Spain, Mallorca. And eventually I got down to here. I did like 7,000 miles. So you bike? On my bike, yeah. And uh, I've done long trips and traveled all around the world. The beautiful thing about being on a motorbike is is that there's no phones. There's no bloody Instagram and no Instagram stories. Um, there's no text messages. And, and guess what? You have to be in the now because, you know, you've got your helmet on. And if you're not in the now and you start thinking about something else, all of a sudden a 16-wheel lorry uh, could just drive in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> And you're gone. You're toast. You know, so it just allows me or allows you to be extremely present and living in the now. That's what I love about riding. And that's and also obviously beautiful scenery because you're seeing all these beautiful sceneries left and right. So for me, it's it's how I heal. For me, it's how I have time to think. And, and I always, if I can't do long trips, I always try at least once a week, if I can, to get on the bike and have a, a decent ride. Yeah, I think having that passion, and I think it's escapism in a way, isn't it? But yeah, it's absolutely. connecting with nature as well. I mean, for me, it's scuba diving. Yeah, there's no phones or Instagram down there either. And, yeah. and it is a great way just to connect with nature, just to switch off. And again, you've got to be focused on what you're doing. But yeah, I agree. And I think it's a really good bit of advice to have a passion that you love. And sometimes we we don't get enough time to do that when we're in a relationship, you know, for whatever reason. So actually, when you get out to be able to spend time doing that will also really help you, I think, as will learning a new skill. And I know you have a training program teaching people how to become coaches. So tell us a bit about that, because that's a really exciting new venture for you as well. Yeah. All these years with NLP Life Training and The Best You, I've literally 
provided platforms for all these experts to share their expertise. And, and I put my own career a little bit on the back burner. And I, I'm intending to do that more moving forward. And, and I ended my book, actually, the question talking about, I'm in the phase of my life that's called Selfish Development, which is the book, <laughs> the, the title of my next book. And, and that's where I'm on. I'm, I'm on a journey of selfish development. And But what I want to do is I want to share a lot of my experiences and, and what I believe it is that you need in order to stand out and to succeed. So obviously, you know, I, I use a lot of NLP, uh, reframing, you know, uh, thinking. My approach is, as, as you rightly pointed out, is very direct, no bullshit, calling it out, but giving people what I believe they need, which is a good, strong mindset, and, and then making sure that they have the holistic approach, which I call the holistic approach, which is anything and everything that you do and anyone and everyone that's in your life is what shapes you in, into becoming the best version of yourself. It's called Rise to the Top. And also because you, you've seen as well, sir. I mean, I know you've coached a lot of people and worked with a lot of people uh, yourself. And, you know, you've done a lot of training yourself, but but I, I tend to see that there's a lot of people in the industry that don't necessarily stand out. They, they maybe read the book, so they might have the expertise, but it's like Groundhog Day. You know, they're still teaching the same things they were three years ago. They're still procrastinating. They're still thinking small. And they're still telling all their clients, hey, you think big, you go and do all these things. And then when you speak to them, hey, what about you? Oh, no, not me. Not this year. Maybe <laughs> next year. Well, what are you talking about? Isn't, are you a coach? That's the thing. That's what I said. Didn't you write a book about this? So I my, my approach is really trying to help people, you know, give them all the skills, you know, so I, I really cover social media, branding, marketing, selling, uh, communicating, you know, anything and everything that I feel is important to help people, you know, get there because it can yeah. be done quickly. You know, you, you've built a, a very good, strong career over a number of years, but, you know, and, and it's not a one day wonder. It, it isn't either, you know, 10 or 15 years. It doesn't take you that long if you have the right coach or you have the right platform that can help you. Well, I think the reason it took you and I 10, 15 years, maybe longer, is because we haven't been on your course, Bernardo. That <laughs> 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 being here at the beginning, we'd have been here a lot earlier. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So as we come to the end, I just want to ask, ask all my guests. Yeah, obviously, this podcast is Heartbreak to Happiness. And I'm a big believer, as I know you are too, that if you don't define what happiness is for you, then it's very hard to find it. Because even if you did, you wouldn't know. So what is happiness for you? What does it mean? Happiness is is having quality time with yourself and quality time with loved ones. I think that's what happiness is to me. I do miss a lot of the things that I used to have when I used to have the big family and we all used to get together. So for me, obviously not having so much of that now, when I do get the time to spend you know, time with loved ones, for me, it's, it's happiness. It's, it's really in, engaging and connecting with people in a deep level. And I think I think if anything is going to happen from this, you know, pandemic we've got is that we're going to really appreciate those moments, you know, we're going to really appreciate those moments and and it's going to be a time when you can maybe have lunch, you know, with someone and have a few glasses of wine and maybe you can actually appreciate them and touch their hand and and look into their eyes, you know, and touch their hand without having to put any of that bloody gel on. You know, so just look into their eyes and appreciate them a bit longer. When you've seen someone that you love that you haven't seen for a long time, maybe holding them and hugging them for a little bit longer. So I think it's appreciating those moments in, in life. If I've read it, you know, and I've read a few books and I've attended a few courses and I've promoted a few people, I think ultimately anything and everything that we're all looking for is love. Hmm. I, th I think it's all about love. The rest is all pretty much irrelevant, you know. Uh, love is what we all want. Love is what we all need. And, and love is what we should all be sharing a lot more of. Yeah, and it comes in many different forms. So, yeah. In many different forms, absolutely. 
Great. Well, thank you, Bernardo. Tell us a bit about how we can get a free copy of your book and also find out about your coaching program. Perfect. And I'm not giving a free book. No way. I'm only joking. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So listen, uh, I'm giving um, my book, the the question, the English version away. I'm saying English, but I've got it in Spanish. So it's it's available. And the best and the quickest way to get it is if you just go and download the Best You app. So it's www.thebestyouapp.com. Thebestyouapp.com the literally is a network that we're building within the personal development world where we're going to be connecting with thousands of people. Hopefully, it's going to become the LinkedIn of personal development. So anyone that subscribes there is automatically going to be getting a copy of my book, a description to my book or a free chapter uh, or to read a little bit more about the book. It's at thequestion.co. So there's a description there of the book and, and a little bit more information, some, some reviews that I've had. Uh, and then... Uh, my course is is called Rise to the Top, and I do an online version, which is purely digital, and people can do over a number of months, uh, however they long they need. And then I do more of a personalized coaching one-to-one, which is a year program, but they're both called Rise to the Top, and you can find it on my webpage, which is Bernardo, B-E-R-N-A-R-D-O hyphen Moya, M-O-Y-A dot com. So it's there, and, and it's just on the menu. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Bernardo. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, to talk to you. And that's it for today's episode. So make sure you visit Bernardo's information, download that Best You app, go to that and download it now to get your free copy of his digital book, The Question. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.